Sabrina Merchant, and this is I Love Basketball. I'm joined today by your favorite, Christian Rivas. What's up, Christian? I don't know if I'm anybody's <laughs> favorite. I might have been my mom's favorite, <laughs> if we're being honest. I suffer, I suffer from middle child syndrome. It's very real. If you're a middle child, I think you can relate, but I'm always happy to be here. So, uh, yeah, thank you for having me. This is our first time recording a podcast in person. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. For those that didn't know, Sabrina and I have never met. Just kidding. No, we met a few times. Just <laughs> never podcasted never. in person. I feel like it's a big step in anyone's relationship. I really if, do. If you've been friends with somebody for quite some time and you haven't podcasted with them, I don't think it's fair to call them your best friend. <laughs> I did just start an NBA podcast with a couple of my friends, um, and I think it really does strengthen the bond quite a bit. Anybody I'd know? Uh, I know from Duke. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well. That's a shame. <laughs> just kidding. I don't mind Duke. It's I just, just a lot of Zion talk. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what all Duke podcasts should be, is just Zion, and honestly the Pelicans, because that's, that's all the brotherhood. That's all the brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, this is nominally a Lakers podcast, so. Yeah. I mean, I guess. We talk about lots of stuff on we here. We talk about lots but, of stuff. Yeah, it's it definitely is, not a Duke podcast. It is nice that the trade deadline is over, that we can stop talking about the Memphis Grizzlies, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like all those doors were shut so fast. It's like, as soon as Covington wasn't available, it was like, okay, well, I guess onward to Iguodala. Or actually, I don't know which trade went down first. It's all a blur. It's but all I think blur, Covington yeah. happened first. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, all those doors were slammed shut immediately. And it's like, okay, well, at least we have Darren Collison to fall back on. And then he shut that door in the Lakers' face, like after very public recruiting. That was probably the worst case scenario for them. So, yeah, buyout market's not looking too great. But, I mean, the Lakers got a good win against the Nuggets, um, which just pours cold water on the narrative that they can't win against, like, top five teams. They didn't have Mason Plumlee, Michael Porter Jr., or Will Barton. But, hey, you'll take what you can get. (laughs) I like that you led that with Mason Plumlee. Um, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he is on the short list for the Olympic team, so you might He's as well. He's on the, the short forty-four person <laughs> list for the Olympic team. Yeah, well, Which, I mean, hasn't he played? Like, he played in the People World Cup the year they won. I yeah, think. he played in twenty fourteen, yeah. um, and he was invited to the Olympic camp in twenty sixteen. Obviously, did not make it because the Olympics are not the World Cup. <laughs> uh, at least, not in basketball, you know. But uh, so the Lakers did win on Wednesday against the Nuggets. That means they're firmly in first place in the Western Conference heading into the All-Star break. Which is great. Which, I, if you told me that the Lakers are going to be in first place heading into the All-Star break at the start of the season, I'd assume something went very wrong with like the Nuggets, Jazz, Clippers, and Rockets. Which, in the Rockets' case, I think you can argue <laughs> something went terribly wrong. They broke basketball. For I, sure. You know what? I, I find myself really interested in what the Rockets are doing just because I like the idea of five players that are all skilled enough to play every position, essentially. Um, I do wish they had a little more size, just because it and looks skill. <laughs> hey, be nice to Russell Westbrook. Uh, but I do think they're, you know, they're kind of doing the anti-Laker thing, where they're exploiting the fact that referees call a bunch of contact on the perimeter and none in the paint, and yeah. they're having all of their plays originate on the perimeter. So it 
works in terms of drawing fouls, which I know it's been like a, a Laker bugaboo all season that Anthony Davis and LeBron James don't feel like they get they get called for all the contact that's committed on them. I mean, are they crazy for that though? I feel like they have like LeBron James is averaging last time I checked, I think it's close to twenty seven points per game. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of them have been free throws. And granted, LeBron isn't a great free throw shooter. Like, he's changed his form, like, 50 times throughout the season. <laughs> um, but I do, th- I do think that he has an argument there that he's, he's not getting enough calls. Right, and I think it's kind of an NBA league-wide trend where just the way the game is called in the paint is so differently than the way it's called outside of the paint. Yeah. And so much contact is allowed in the key that just doesn't get, you know, that gets, like, legislated out, you know, when you're on the perimeter. So I don't think it's just a LeBron James Anthony Davis problem. It's particularly annoying because our two best players are, you know, so good that close to the basket. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I digress. I uh, yeah, I don't. The the thing that frustrated me frustrated me about that Houston game uh, was the the talk going into it just said that the Lakers were going to kill them inside, mm-hmm. and I think Bill Simmons is the one that said it is if you're going to make a perfect player to defend an Anthony Davis type. It's not going to be like a lumbering 7-3, like Rudy Gobert type. Mm-hmm. It's going to be somebody like Draymond who just gives him hell, like a smaller guy that just picks on him. Because uh, big guys don't like going up against smaller forwards. Like, right. Backing those guys down in the post isn't fun for their back. So mm-hmm. I think that's where Houston has that advantage. Like if somebody like Mo Harkless gets bought out, I know people have talked about him signing with the Lakers, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see him end up with the Rockets and playing center for them. <laughs> I would hope that he would like to come to the Lakers more because he ideally already has a home in LA from the yeah. first part of the season. And he wouldn't have to shoot three-pointers. Right, and he probably would get more minutes yeah. on this team than he would in Houston. I don't, I don't even know who they would cut at this point. Like, Don't they have an open roster spot? I, I can't be honest. I, I don't know that I and even if am they, aware of the I Rockets like roster situation. Do they still have Harnstein? Or was he oh, yeah, you can just of... go full anti-center and dump Hardenstein or Tyson Chandler. Uh, Tyson, poor Tyson Chandler. <laughs> they got more heartless. But anyway, Lakers going into the All-Star break, first in the Western Conference. Uh, that will not change based on the results of Thursday night's games, yeah. which we do not know, but you will when you're listening to this on Friday morning. <laughs> um, but there is a lot to look forward to in this All-Star weekend because the fact that the Lakers are first place in the Western Conference means that Frank Vogel is the head coach of Team LeBron in the All-Star game. And he's just going to play Kawhi 48 minutes. <laughs> Load management's going out the window this weekend. Yeah, I. it's nice to have all-stars back in the all-star game. Like, LeBron James made it last year, but I think at that time, it was kind of like the Lakers are maybe going to make the, yeah, yeah. the playoffs. And now it just feels like, you know, everybody there belongs. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are two of the best players in the league, and the Lakers are in a great spot. So uh, that should be a fun one to watch. I'm not sure how I, how much more entertaining the new rules are mm-hmm. going to make the game, but, I mean, it's it's better for them to be innovative, I guess, than to just sit on their hands. Well, let's make some predictions here. Uh, LeBron's team won the All-Star game last year, but a lot of that was because one Dame Lillard went eight in the second half of that yeah. game. And obviously LeBron recognized that, made him his first pick among the reserves, the earliest he could have picked him in the All-Star draft. Dame will not be available for the All-Star game this year yeah. because he suffered a growing injury in so, Wednesday's game against the Grizzlies, which is actually a pretty big loss for Portland to lose to the team that's currently in the eighth slot. Oh, yeah, and they lost, they lost to the Pelicans too, didn't they? They lost to the Pelicans the night before as well. So... 
no Dame, no Dame in the three-point shootout, no Dame in the All-Star game. He will still be performing Saturday night, <laughs> so that's important. I'm glad to see that we still get some Dame in the All-Star weekend. The Victor Oladipo special. Yes, but yeah. that means that Devin Booker is now on Team LeBron. Uh, Same do thing. Do we think that they're still <laughs> going to beat Team Giannis? Oh, yeah, because Giannis is just so bad at drafting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, like, he's so good at basketball. I just don't know. It looks so cute with that notebook. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps opening and taking I, notes. <laughs> I, I feel like with the pics he made, there were just pictures of doodles on there. <laughs> like, I don't know what he was doing. It, it wasn't I don't understand how though. Joel Embiid would ever be your first pick in the yeah, All-Star game. That like, is, you do not take bigs for your first pick in the All-Star game. Like, Anthony Davis, I get, is big, but he, like, runs. You the, know. LeBron, in, in a draft that went back and forth, mm-hmm. like, you make a pick, I make a pick. Yeah. LeBron James got... Luka Doncic, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard. Leonard on his team. He got the entire Western Conference yeah. All-Stars, which, let's be clear, yeah, Milwaukee is probably the best team in the league right now. I yeah. don't even need to say probably. Milwaukee is the best team in the league oh, right yeah, now. Sure. The Western Conference is the better conference. The Western Conference All-Stars are the better All-Stars. The reason we recreated the system was because it was so imbalanced because yeah. all the good players were in the West. Uh, and LeBron still has five Western yeah. Conference starters. Anthony Davis is the fifth person on that roster, and, and if Damian Lillard... Damian Lillard wasn't hurt. He would have been that first reserve. Because Giannis picked Chris Middleton, which I understand. I, I don't fault Giannis yeah. for picking Chris Middleton at all. Because Anthony uh, LeBron James picked Anthony Davis, and yeah. Anthony Davis isn't, like, the third best player in the league. Like, Yeah, but I, I could see in an all-star game, you know, LeBron already knows that he and AD have some chemistry. It would work out. And they both play for Frank Fanny. You don't have to worry about Budenholzer, you know, trying to sabotage the Lakers by overplaying yeah. LeBron or Anthony <laughs> Davis in this game which we all expect Frank to do with Kawhi. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a shame that Paul George wasn't the injury replacement, and then we could just, you know, run both of them down. <laughs> I remember last year LeBron put together the all-tamper team mm-hmm. with Kawhi, Kyrie, AD, just like, then none of them, none of, I mean, other than AD, but he had really had no choice but to come here. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, maybe, um, I mean, Dame's not playing, but maybe he'll uh, force his way to the Lakers. Lakers can offer... Rondo and Kuzma, maybe I would Portland's. give up Caruso for Dame. So would I. Yeah. yeah, and that's that doesn't feel nice to say. I love Caruso, <laughs> and uh, I'm surprised he wasn't on the short list of replacements for Dame. Yeah, not even in the conversation, really. You know, Dame just said it should be Devin Booker, and then it was like, yeah, all right, <laughs> let's make it Devin Booker. I mean, who else would it have been? I guess Bradley Beal if if they didn't take into account conferences. Yeah, at I think all. it's got to be conferences. But I know Adam Silver has mentioned in the past that like whoever the coaches voted next is just the guy that he picked. Right. So I didn't actually pay that much attention to the coaches voting for the reserves. No, I just don't uh, pay attention to voting. I I think the only time I paid attention to voting was when Luca led the Western Conference in votes, and I was like, this doesn't feel like Lakers fans are doing enough. And then he never led votes again. <laughs> Yeah, I, I often wonder what all-star voting would look like if um, they didn't do these releases. Yeah. Like, if the fans had no idea what was happening. Because there was that one year where Zaza almost made it, right? <laughs> but then they kept, you know, releasing the early ballots. And it was like, oh, we can't have Zaza start the all-star game. Yeah. Let's let, you know, boost up these other frontcourt players. But if no one knew that going in, then, like, we could just be delightfully surprised yeah. on the day that the starters were announced. Which I think is something that NBA should really consider, just... It's so important, like, you know, drama. You'd have the shock factor that you have. I mean, we're on TNT, right? This is We Know Drama, right? Right, right, right. You'd have, like, when you were younger and you'd watch American Idol, and the person you just assumed would get voted through didn't get enough votes. I feel like that's what would happen often. I think it'd be pretty cool. 
I'm a little I th- disappointed that that's not the case currently. There was no like shock votes or like shock uh, omissions this season. It was it was really just everybody that should have been in the All-Star game, I felt like was. So for me, the only one I thought that really should have been in the All-Star game that wasn't was Devin Booker and now has now been rectified. Yeah. So I feel I feel good about that. I, I feel like Bradley Peel should have been in the All-Star game. Yeah, that's true, actually. And the Eastern Conference, um, he is the carrier of my fantasy team. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a lot of love for Bradley Peel this year. But I think you have to, like, the biggest argument there for me is Sabonis and Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. But I think you, I mean, if you're the NBA, you have to reward, I guess, the player that's winning the most. Yeah, and then Trey just got voted in, like, as a starter, yeah. so there's no way of rectifying that, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, but anyway, do you have any predictions for the All-Star game? Like, is LeBron going to do a 360? We got any, how many quarters is Team LeBron going to win? I, how many, I, what's, what's, let's start simple. What's the minute total we're going to see out of LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Probably less, 35. <laughs> yeah, probably less than 25. Okay. I, I feel like LeBron and AD just cry a little bit inside when everybody's talking about, like, man, I can't wait for this break. It's like, we don't get a break. And, like, worst case scenario, they play that Clippers-Lakers rematch game On right before, yeah, before they come back. That would just suck for LeBron and I AD. have to believe that if the NBA was going to reschedule that game, like, we would know if it's less than a week out. Yeah. You know? So my inclination is that if they haven't told us yet, then it's going to be on April 10th or they're not going to play it. Yeah, I, I and I tend to lean towards that latter prediction. I just mm-hmm. I don't think they'll play it. The long of the season with eighty one games for another numerology kick mm-hmm. from Twitter. Um but yeah, it, I I think LeBron and Eddie probably won't play a ton of minutes. Uh I don't know who's gonna be gunning for the All Star game MVP this year. I assume they're gonna try to give it to Anthony Davis just because he's in Chicago. Yeah. Um they always try to give it to the hometown guy and there are no bulls. So Anthony Davis is the hometown guy. I think, yeah, Trey Young will probably gun for it if I had to guess. Do you think he's going to play hard in the Rising Stars game? No, I don't. Okay. I, I, Rising Stars game is a funny one, man. Like the the people playing in the Rising Stars game this year are objectively hilarious. Like I love me some Shvi, but he's like he's almost thirty and <laughs> like. He's a rising star okay, the same people, way Kuz was the rising star last just year. Just because he went to college for four years does not mean he's old. He was actually only 21 yeah, when he was right. drafted. you're right. So he's only 22 this season. Doesn't matter, man. He has, <laughs> he has many years under his belt. He's a wise man. I wish the Lakers would have kept him. Because imagine having Shvi PT instead of... I guess it would be Rondo. Yeah, Shvi would just be on the bench, you know, eating up those Troy Daniels minutes. That would be nice. <laughs> but he's just, not to make this a Shvi podcast, but, like, the type of ball handling and shooting the Lakers being on the wing, I think he... He's a little too short to fill that role, though. I don't need your negativity in, in my life right now. But, yeah, him, uh, I thought it was weird. Jackson Hayes didn't make... The, the Rising Stars game as as a replacement. For Wendell Carter? Yeah. I thought, uh, I I don't get the Colin Sexton pick. Like, he's really bad. I don't think he's a good basketball player. I would have put Thibault in. Before. I would have put Terrence Davis. Terrence Davis is another good pick. Uh, even Taylor Horton Tucker I would have picked before <laughs> Colin Sexton. Well, that uh, feels a bit like a homer pick. Yo, um, definitely. But he's he's been good in the G League. Monte Kaycock's been good in the G League. Um, Are two-way players eligible for the Rising Stars Challenge? 
That is a really good question. Because Devontae Haycock has been beasted yeah, he's for been South very, Bay. very good. Yeah. Uh, no, probably not. Especially anyway, if they haven't been called. Um, just back to the whole game for a second. Yeah. Uh, it's still a 48, or it's not a 48-minute game because the fourth quarter is not guaranteed to be 12 minutes. Yeah. So let's assume that both teams hit 24 points within, like, the first six minutes of that quarter. I think LeBron is playing the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, I think if there's 300K on the line and there's a certain set target, like, we're basically going to see starters. Maybe Harden's going to set out because he has a tendency to go really hard the night before, yeah. not playing basketball, and not be ready for <laughs> a full game. During the All-Star game, we saw that last year, which is why Dame was so important. Yeah. Um, I think we're basically just going to see starters and, like, maybe Booker, you know, or if Kawhi decides to sit, yeah, you know. I, I wonder what that closing lineup looks like, because obviously you have Bron, Kawhi, AD. Uh-huh. I don't then... think Kawhi's in close. I really think he's going to sit as much as possible. That would uh, suck. He's a very competitive guy. I just don't think he thinks of the All-Star game as competition. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, okay, so assuming Kawhi yeah. doesn't, then who do you... You've got Ron, AD, and Luca, who mm-hmm. mercifully is healthy and yeah. ready for this game. Um, do you do you, you don't really need a big in there. Maybe you want another wing. Uh, who do they have? We really should have pulled up these rosters yeah. and not sat in an <laughs> internet dead zone while we were recording this yeah. podcast. Uh, I, well, um, they have Ben Simmons, which I don't think is a closing lineup pick. I mean, he could be a, uh, a four. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. But he has Tatum. Does have Jason Tatum. Uh, that could be something there. Uh, them has, not having Dame is such a travesty. He has Jokic, but I don't think he's going to play Jokic in the closing lineup. The Nuggets didn't yesterday, <laughs> but at least defensively, when they when they had uh, the Lakers had the that last possession, mm-hmm. they didn't have Jokic on the floor because they just LeBron was killing him. Like anytime LeBron got him out in the perimeter, Jokic, I like that Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap defensive front court. Yeah, it's that nice. was good. Yeah. I. I, Paul Millsap played a really big part in Kyle Kuzma just being a complete non-factor. I yeah. mean, Kuzma's done that to himself this season, yeah. but yeah, especially yesterday. But yeah, so if we're thinking LeBron plays full fourth, that's like six minutes, and then maybe half. Yeah, so he's going to get like 24 minutes. Yeah. Say. yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully not too much more than that, because even if, if this is not high-level basketball, like I just get so scared every time LeBron ends up on the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah. He had, a, he had a scary fall on Wednesday that... We weren't sure he was going to get up from. That's, no, he just came that, back and like uh, <laughs> just closed the game for the Lakers. That's the fear of being 35 is that you just never know when they hit the floor if they're going to come back up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know who, who that closing lineup would be. I don't know what the best version of the Giannis All-Stars look like, like at all. Because I'm looking at Team Giannis right now. They have Siakam, mm-hmm. who I think is very good. Kemba Walker was voted in as an all-star starter in the backcourt, which, sure. Which I get. Yeah. You know, he was, you know, Honestly, available. I would, <laughs> I would put Bam in my closing lineup. Okay. Bam's really good. So you put Bam, Giannis, you put Middleton in that lineup? Probably. Yeah, I'm Middleton not closing which right. Good. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's hard because I'd also put Embiid in my closing lineup. No, I'm not putting Embiid in there. I'm putting Bam, maybe Butler. Uh, wait, does LeBron have Butler? I have that is a good question. Uh, Thank you all no, for uh, they have, going through our patience <laughs> the, the team out says Jimmy Buckets, Gobert, Mitchell, Middleton. It's basically Eastern Conference versus Western Conference, yeah. except um, Giannis has Mitchell and Ingram, right? And, and, Gobert. and Gobert. Yeah, and then LeBron has Simmons, uh, Tatum, and, and Sabonis. Sabonis, right, because Sabonis was the last pick 
was that was unfortunate. I um, I love that they're doing last picks this year. Lamarcus Aldridge was the last pick the first year they did I it. I think so. They didn't reveal the last pick. I think it was leaked though. Okay, after um, that, like Westbrook was like Mello tried to joke with Westbrook that he was last pick, and he's like, no, 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 it's just alphabetical. Like that's what my was last on the list. Yeah, no, it um, was. Um, that was it. I am all for them. Tell them, I'm so glad they decided to because I I do not feel bad for millionaires getting picked last in an all star competition where they're yeah. being recognized as one of the best twelve players in the yeah. conference. Right. I also Crazy. think it's fascinating that like Giannis is good at everything, and now we get to make fun of him yeah. because he's a terrible general manager. <laughs> he is very bad. Uh, I was gonna. I didn't get a chance to talk to Frank after the game mm-hmm. on uh, Monday, but I was gonna ask him how he'd feel about LeBron as a GM. With the hope that he didn't take it as a shot at LeBron being the GM of the team. But, uh, yeah, I think LeBron does have an eye for talent. And let's hope Rich Paul does, too, because he's going to be the general manager of the Knicks soon. Didn't they just hire him? Oh, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying soon as in, like, two seasons. Yeah, when, when this inevitably, inevitably flames yeah. out. Got it. All right. Well, so that's the All-Star game. Uh, Frank, I know, will be just trying to get through what will be admittedly a hellacious defensive performance. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully not too much worse than what the Lakers have put forth over the last 15 or so games. It really is just like a crawl to the all-star break. Yeah. Um, I think the Lakers were already headed towards that, and then obviously the emotional toll of the last few weeks just yeah. intensified that. So um, We do have a Laker on Saturday night this year, one Dwight Howard. Um, Which is weird. It's weird. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I was listening to the J.J. Redick podcast, and Zach Levine was on. And they were discussing, like, who do you think is going to win the dunk contest? And Zach goes, not Dwight. <laughs> and JJ's like, yeah, probably not Dwight. <laughs> I just, I don't get why you go Dwight and not Jackson Hayes in that scenario. Because Jackson Hayes. Well, Dwight is a proven dunk contest entertainer. You know, people like to see Dwight in the dunk contest. I feel like they'd like to see, like, if given the opportunity, like, there's that saying the audience doesn't know what they have until they have it, mm-hmm. until it's shown to them. If Sideshow Bob put on. <laughs> Like, a dunk contest, I feel like they'd really enjoy it. He's He jumps really, really, really high. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between just jumping high and dunk contest dunks, right? Yeah. Uh, I think Derek Jones Jr. kind of straddles the in-between because uh, he just, I mean, they call him airplane mode in Miami, right? Like, yeah. there's, there's something to that. Uh, every time I watch Miami game, I am enamored with whatever <laughs> Derek Jones does. But, yeah, I... I got to think that Dwight is headed for a fourth place finish here, yeah. which is unfortunate because, like I said, you know, long illustrious career in the dunk contest. One of my favorite underrated dunks in dunk contest history is the Dwight Howard sticker dunk in 2007. Yeah. Just the smile on his face <laughs> on the sticker. <laughs> and I, I love the dunks. I mean, I, I know these dunks don't get scored very well, but I love the ones that like require like you to pay attention, you right. know, like the cupcake dunk, right? <laughs> like He blows up the candle and nobody really realizes that yeah. is happening. I think those tend to get underscored, but... It was so funny. And, like, you know, they, they do the measurement with the tape measure and then, like, holds up the sign. Like, this is how high it yeah. is. <laughs> I think... Dwight's a showman. Yeah. And I think he'll put on a show. I think Aaron Gordon will probably win. But I think Aaron Gordon doing the dunk contest again is, like, if the Cavs would have played Kobe and the Lakers the year after LeBron left, it's mm-hmm. like, what's the point here? It doesn't feel right. <laughs> like, if Zach Levine's not participating... It just feels like we've been robbed of an experience. Yeah, and, like, I get that Zach Levine, you know, maybe wants a vacation from this Jim Boylan of a season. Uh, but, like, he's doing the three-point shootout. He's going to be there. Yeah. Like, just do what the people want you to do. I just, I think he wants to shake 
the dunker label, which I feel like is something all dunkers go through. I think Aaron Gordon's one of the few people that have just completely bought into like the dunk contest. Everything else isn't going very well for Aaron Gordon. Yeah. So. <laughs> he also hasn't won a dunk contest. That Zach Levine has two I mean, titles. He should have won oh, a yeah. dunk contest. He should have won. To be won. clear. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was. I, I stand by it. That, that's the greatest dunk contest I've ever seen yep, in same. my life. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, Dwight. I probably won't finish first. There, there was a lot. There was like a rally cry for Alex Caruso to be in the dunk contest. Yeah, I don't think he's a dunk contest. No, dunker, I don't think yeah. he's a dunk contest dunker either. Like, I, I mean, it'd be nice if he came in and like helped Dwight with a dunk. Yeah, but I don't know why you'd give up, you know, two days of your life to go to Chicago just to throw a pass to Dwight Howard. I feel so. like the I feel like NBA fans deserve it. Like just seeing Caruso so much and him not being at like all. Like an eagle weekend. costume, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm all for that. Um, yeah, Who is the fourth participant in the dunk contest? Oh, it's Pat Connaughton. Yeah. Maybe Dwight can edge Pat Connaughton. Did Pat Connaughton, did he get traded? He's on the Bucks. Okay. He's been traded twice in his NBA career, I want to say. Yeah. Um, but he does hold the record for vertical at the NBA Combine. So. And he plays baseball pretty well. Yeah, so maybe that leads to a good dunk contest performance. Yeah. Well, uh, Pat Connaughton can get up. Like, Pat Connaughton, as far as leaping ability... Mm-hmm. Is what people think Alex Caruso is. Mm-hmm. I love watching Alex Caruso dunk, but Pat Connaughton, I think just because he has more hair, mm. is like kind of flew under the radar. Gotcha. And because he, yeah. he plays in Milwaukee. That's true. He did play in Portland before that, so not exactly big markets yeah. doing the work for <laughs> Mr. Connaughton. Um, where we will not see the Lakers is uh, in the three point shootout. No. Because uh, despite shooting, what, 43%? The NBA hates KCP. <laughs> There's an agenda against KCP in the NBA, and I, I don't. I personally won't just stand idle, but I understand if, I don't know uh, if us as bloggers get fined, but <laughs> I imagine we do, so I understand if you want to protect your money. Yeah, so like I get, you know, Dame Lillard's out of three-point contest. They probably are only going to pick a replacement who's already in Chicago because you don't want somebody to have to rearrange their whole schedule, you know, yeah. for this. It's, it's a challenge. He should have been there already. Yeah. should have sure. been there already. Like, uh... Yeah, I think he's shooting 43% from three last week, you know. And, when, it, and I get, like, I get their decision not to invite him because it, it is pretty low volume. I think it's, like, 2.1 attempts per game, yeah. which seems low for KCP. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think he should have been there. And, honestly, not to go back to Caruso, but I feel like he should have been in the skills challenge. Caruso? Just, oh. Yeah, just because he's he's been such a polarizing figure in the NBA. Okay. And he's been everywhere you look as far as NBA coverage, it feels like a disservice not to have them as part of the NBA's biggest weekend. Like, I understand he's not an all-star. But I just feel like Lakers do numbers, you know? So you want to get some eyeballs on your tournament? Yeah. Like, let's get some more Lakers in there. I would have loved to see it. I, nothing is going to cap the season off more than Crusoe hosting up the uh, NBA Finals MVP at the end of the season. <laughs> like, the same like, way Iguodala won One more than stuff. Yeah. <laughs> God, that would be glorious. And at that when point, when Frank Vogel is first to forced to insert him in the starting lineup, like in Game Three, right? It's like it's the same Iguodala narrative, guys. That would, oh man. Obviously, you don't wish injuries upon anybody, but like, oh, I mean, Iguodala didn't go in the starting lineup because of injury. Yeah, because he was better. And well, I'm just saying, yeah. if there was a banged up ankle, I, know, and, I think it's when the Lakers decide they need to go Anthony Davis at the five in the starting lineup. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, who do we put at the two now? Well, and then. You just, uh, if Crusoe started a game seven of the NBA Finals, <laughs> I don't think anything will come close to making me that happy. Which, and I, 
in talking to people in the locker room the other day, that's that's where their heads are at right now. Is they just want to play playoff basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true. I mean, like in the past few years, All Star Weekend has pretty much been defined for the Lakers by the Rising Stars game. Right. Like I, I want to say Kuzma was an MVP. I, I might be making that up. In my no, head. no, no. You're right. Yeah, uh, Lonzo did a turn there. You know, Brandon Ingram was in that game. Did Lonzo last... ever play? Uh, he was voted. In yeah, the he was game, voted, right? but he twice. was hurt. So I don't think Brandon Ingram played. Yeah, Brandon Ingram played. Uh, D'Lo was there. Yeah. You know. God, throwback. I mean, so thing, currently right? the Rising Stars game has two former Lakers we mentioned before, right? Yeah. Stu McKaylick and Mo Wagner. Um, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I guess like with the World USA format, you have to have more world players, which um, I think they should. Um, yeah, I um, kind of. Like, I think this would have been a really great year for the rookie sophomore format oh, to come back. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and I, then, like, Luca and Trey would have just, like, destroyed the rookies. And I feel like this would have been a good year for the U.S. versus the World All-Star game. Yeah. Like, I think that would have been interesting. Yeah, I think, like, if you're going to try something in the Rising Stars game, like, the hope is that it eventually, you know, promotes itself to yeah. like, the actual game. But I people actually very much care about the All-Stars. Like, Jackson Hayes aside, nobody cares about being a Rising Star. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh, I should say Colin Sexton as well, because the Cleveland people were very disappointed when neither of their guys made it and originally. And Matt agent. Oh, yes, Matisse Steibel's agent, that's right. Um, but there, I don't think there are enough world all-stars, unless you just count anyone who plays in Toronto yeah. as a world all-star, um, that it would be a disservice to like all of the American-born guys. That's fair. You know? I think LeBron, I, it surprised me during the all-star draft when, I think it was Kenny that brought it up, like, to do the USA versus the world format. Mm-hmm. Brown was like, I agree. Like, let's revisit that next year. I'm just like... I, I mean, LeBron's going to get voted in regardless. Yeah. <laughs> so if you say something that's, like, politically correct, it's like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't... I don't know. It's the all-star game. It should be fun. It, I... I don't... I didn't like the fact that they went away from the black and white jerseys. I thought those were just fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I get they want a new design, make more money, but... Not in love with the jerseys this year. My favorite jersey concept was just back in the day when they used to wear their own jerseys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and nicknames. Like, if, if they adopted the MLB All-Star, like, nickname thing, mm. like, I would cop a The Brow All-Star jersey mm. so fast. See, I liked the nickname idea in theory, but then, like, some people just don't have nicknames. Yeah, that's like like what's what's Kemba people, Walker gonna put on his just like Kemba? Yeah, some people have bad nicknames. Like uh, Kevin Durant prefers Easy Money Sniper, which I don't get. Like that's a dumb nickname. Babyface Assassin, I'm not in love with either. <laughs> I like Slim Reaper for Kevin Durant. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. It's the best one. Or like KD is fine, but yeah, uh, Easy Money Sniper it just doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> I don't know who told them that was a good nickname. Uh, I also loved when they did that Christmas thing where everybody just wore their first name yeah. on their jersey because, like, it just leads, leads to this wonderful <sighs> visual of, like, you know, Jordan Carson. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> a Laker Jordan jersey. Imagine Alex. Yeah. Just, we have two people on our podcast network that would that would benefit Got from that jersey immediately. Yeah, that would be so funny. I don't know who has the weirdest, like, the most unfitting nickname. First name in the NBA that should like just should be an accountant. I feel like Alex is up. There, Alex yeah. is probably up yeah. there. Yeah, I think Danny is also just interesting. Like, could you buy a jersey with Danny on yeah. He's a Deadshot. That's a badass nickname. Deadshot's a very good nickname. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like any nickname that isn't given out by LeBron James. Is a good <laughs> yeah, Rondo's just said Doe. Yeah. 
the, uh, what was it? Doe and who else? Zoe and Doe. Zoe and Doe. Jesus. LeBron. <laughs> he needs the all-star break. Give, give your mental a break. I mean, he does have the greatest possible nickname for Alex Russo, right? I would say greatest possible <laughs> it's nickname. It's legitimately the greatest of all time <laughs> <Yeah>. nickname. <laughs> it's, uh, that's funny that yeah. they've all bought into it. Yeah, um, after the game on Wednesday, Jared Dudley tweeted out, like, you know, Shouts to Dwight Howard and the GOAT, Alex Crusoe, for staying ready, you know? But he's he's right. Like, they gave that bench unit. We So, Sabrina and I were at a Kings game in a suite on Wednesday. Really just flexing here. Yeah. Just try like, a night other people would just take the time to revel and enjoy. And we were huddled around my phone, like, frantically trying to find signal to watch the Lakers game. And, yeah, Alex Crusoe gave that unit such a boost. And it's not a... Like, it really frustrates me at this point that Vogel doesn't see the correlation between the Lakers giving up the leads and him keeping Rondo in for too long. Yeah, I I don't think it's an entirely Vogel decision. Yeah, that's fair. Um, And, like, in some ways it might be better for the Lakers that they didn't get Collison because that would have crowded out more Alex Caruso minutes. Uh, yeah. Like, obviously we all envision a scenario where the Rondo minutes are excised with the Collison addition, but... In reality, that was not going to happen yeah. with the way the locker room politics work with the Lakers. So maybe the best, you know, post-trade line addition is just, oh, maybe let's play Alex Caruso 24 minutes a game instead of whatever he's currently doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, um, like, going forward, I think that's what i like to see from the Lakers more is that if, if the buyout market isn't going to be what saves them, mm-hmm. what internal adjustments can you make? And I think that... Definitely does start with Alex Caruso. Um, I think Alex Caruso and Dwight Howard showed some nice synergy like early on in the season. Mm-hmm. They just haven't spent a ton of time playing together. And Alex Caruso hasn't spent a ton of time with the starters either. Right. I looked at the lineup data the other day, and the difference between the minutes Avery Bradley's played with the starters and Alex Caruso's played with the starters is obviously staggering. Right, Avery Bradley's a starter. starter. Yeah. Right. But I didn't expect it to be that different mm-hmm. like and, and uh, the good thing is that the the numbers are promising and mm-hmm. if, they, if that is a lineup they decided to go forth with i would fully expect it to be successful another thing we talked about yesterday is when is danny green going to start seeing <laughs> like just regular minutes so i posited this earlier in the season i think like i was talking about with ben rosales uh on laker twitter and you know danny green commonplace to see him is on the bench in fourth quarters, which is so strange to me because he's the third best player on the Lakers. There's yeah. no denying it. I love Alex Crusoe. <laughs> I love KCP. Danny Green's the third best player on the Lakers. He should be play- closing games, you know, in high-pressure situations. Right. And I thought maybe this is just like sort of a stealth load management situation for Danny Green because he's, what, 33 years old. Yeah. Um, he did play a full playoff run last season. He, you know, won a championship, so he played in the NBA Finals. Uh we know what he's capable of, and I don't think the fit is that going to be that complicated, you know, between him and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So it's not like theoretically they need to get so many reps in. I think it's going to be a successful trio as is. Yeah. But it is strange to me that like when you're closing with a three guard lineup, Avery Bradley, Alex Russo, and Kenny, like theoretically, Danny Green is improving on all three of those oh, guys. Yeah, and especially in a close game mm-hmm. like Wednesday night's like, game was. It's, you know, like, maybe... So my brother was saying that, like, uh, he's a little bit slower than the other three. Yeah. So if you want to switch, like, Denver has a lot of speed on the perimeter. Maybe it wasn't the best decision for him. Last possession of the game, when it's an exclusively offensive possession, I want Danny Green in the corner versus Avery Bradley. Right. You know? 
even versus Alex Caruso, like that's it's basic. Yeah. Right. And even even with the knowledge that Bradley's been stroking it from behind the arc, mm-hmm. which is a great development for the Lakers because. He did it in Memphis last season. I want to see it continue for more than 15 games. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of it is him just trading those three-pointers or the long, long mid-range yeah. shots that he takes for, for three-pointers. And I think that would be an awesome development for the Lakers. Uh, but even with that, like I think you really need to limit the amount of uh, minutes with Avery Bradley at the two next to Rondo or Cruz. So like, I think of the best version of any Lakers lineup Features KCP and Danny Green, unless Kyle Kuzma just decides to turn it on. I think right, and that's another lineup I'd like to see more of is that Kuzma, LeBron, Anthony Davis front court because the numbers very promising. Yeah, for sure. Right, it's done very well. I don't know if it's because you know there's been such limited execution of it. Yeah. Um, but we we know that if Kuzma is like going to be an impact player, like it's going to have to be in those situations. You know, he's going to have to play alongside, if not one, both of the Lakers stars because the bulk of the minutes in the postseason are going to feature both of those guys on the court. Yeah. So I would like to see Kuzma get more run next to those two guys. It didn't happen again yesterday uh, against the Nuggets because Kuzma was terrible. Yeah. Um, maybe that's not the right team to deploy against, but that's something in the second half of the season I would like Vogel to get more comfortable with just because, like, we've seen the combinations from the first half of the season. Like, we know what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, we just need more of a sample size for the things that could be useful in the playoffs because Dwight Howard's been great. I like that. Alex a Dwight Howard combination in the second unit. Yeah. The Lakers probably aren't going to be playing center much in the playoffs. Especially not JaVale. Like, right? I think uh, Wednesday night's game was a really good example of just when JaVale is not valuable at all. Right. Even that game against Houston, they just they could not play him anymore. Right. So They could hardly play Dwight in that game. Yeah. yeah. So I think Dwight will be, if, if they do play a traditional center, I think Dwight will be the one getting the most minutes. Mm-hmm. JaVale will just start the game. Just for nominal purposes. And when when AD's on the floor with Kyle Kuzma, I know it's kind of a big ask mm-hmm. um, because obviously Anthony Davis is a superstar player, averages like twenty seven points per game. Um, but when you're playing that LeBron Kuzma AD lineup, mm-hmm. I think AD really just needs to turn into like a center, like a rim running center, and, yeah, and just run like high pick and rolls with him all the time, and because you have the space. And then at that point, Kyle Kuzma becomes your second option on offense, and I think. You know that's when he's when he's best utilized. If mm-hmm. you can get Kyle Kuzma going, like that is when he feels more comfortable within the offense, and that's really all you need from him. If you can get fifteen or seventeen points from Kyle Kuzma per game, mm-hmm. that's that's all you need. Um, that's asking for a lot. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen or seventeen. Points. I mean, but he's done it. Like yeah. in the past two seasons, he's he's looked great. And I just I really want to see him figure it out. Yeah, I I feel like we've talked about this before that like Frank Vogel has been. Fairly flexible throughout yeah. the season. Like, even against the Nuggets, they started Dwight Howard in the second half because Javel didn't have it, right? Yeah. Like, he's not suited to match up with Nikola Jokic. And I I just hope that it doesn't come down to situations where, like, we have to be reactive in the playoffs. You know, I want to be proactive. I want to have uh, data of which lineups are good, which lineups don't work, yeah. and have a better understanding of which pieces on this roster work together because, I mean, the Lakers have had a fairly healthy season, right? Like, they've had the opportunity to get all of the guys' minutes with each other, and yet we still don't know what Kyle Kuzma is in this roster. Yeah, and we, we also have enough data, I think, to this point uh, to realize that the Rondo-Bradley lineups probably shouldn't be played. Like, it's been a month since I've written about it, but when I 
checked. I think they had a negative 13 net rating when they were on the floor yeah, together. Yeah, I wrote about them in December when Avery Bradley came back from his first injury. Yeah. And, like, all of the guard pairings are essentially positive for the Lakers, except for yeah. the Rondo-Bradley pairing. It's just not great. Yeah. So, uh, And I yeah. never want to see two former Celtics on the court together. <laughs> I just don't. I And I, I think that's really what the second half of the season is going to be, at, be about, is tightening up that playoff rotation, because mm-hmm. obviously, like, ultimately that's what the Lakers are going to be playing for. Maybe getting LeBron some load management. Yeah. And they're far enough, like, I think three games is a comfortable cushion to mm-hmm. have uh, right now to where, you know, if they did finish at the number two seed, it wouldn't be, you know, that detrimental because, I mean, the the overwhelming expectation is that one and two is going to be Lakers-Clippers, so any game is going to be a home game in mm-hmm. a seven-game series. So. Right, but I think if you're the Lakers, you would rather play that eight seed of Memphis than, oh, you know, yeah, for sure. Oklahoma City or Dallas in the first round. But, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd happily play Dallas. <laughs> <in> <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, well, uh, All-Star Weekend is this weekend. Um, looking forward to a little, you know, non-Laker basketball time. And then we have a week off until the Lakers play next Friday. Yeah, I don't know what the plan is for the site, but we'll definitely, uh, something will be posted. Yeah. I'm not sure what during that time. Maybe we'll get a buyout free agent signing. Maybe. Um, probably not. But for now, just, uh, you know, enjoy the fruits of GM LeBron's labor. And thank you for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And take care.